You've just joined in the stillness with Dawn Strobeck. In the deep dwelling place where stillness settles your heart and refreshes your soul. Where the voice of God is just a little more lucid and a little less clouded. He waits to hold this sacred space just for you. Welcome to In the Stillness with Dawn Strobeck. This is the Christmas edition, and I have a guest today, and it's my pleasure to introduce to you my friend Dee Coleman. Dee and I uh, first met uh, her first year as the executive director of Samaritan Village. Samaritan Village is a safe home and therapeutic program here in Orlando for adult survivors of sex trafficking. At the time that we met, I was doing some counseling with the organization's survivors. I remember after Dee and I got to know each other uh, some more, I told Dee one time that I had no categories for her. Counselors kind of tend to think in those terms. Her wisdom, kindness, generous, calm spirit was paired with this extraordinary kick-butt leader, visionary, that just humbly got the job done. I often think of her as a superhero in disguise. I love our long lunches out and inspiring talks. She is amazing. Please enjoy your time with Dee today. Hello, and thank you for listening. My name is Dee Coleman, and I am so grateful for the wonderful Don Strobeck for gracing me with a platform to share just a little bit of my heart with you today. I am a huge fan of Dawn and of the In the Stillness podcast, and so I just feel duly honored. As I said, I'm Dee, and I'm the director of Samaritan Village, an Orlando-based nonprofit that provides safe housing and trauma-informed care for sexually trafficked women to heal and recover. We walk with these ladies for about a year to two years through this journey, These are women whose lives have been marked by prostitution, levels of abuse and torture you wouldn't even imagine, and deep heart addictions that keep them tethered to their past. Every day, my team and I feel privileged to serve and do ministry with these women who are broken and marginalized. Two Christmases ago, instead of going off to visit family, I spent Christmas Eve and Christmas Day at our safe house with the ladies there. At the time, there were four women in our program, each of them, despite being very grateful for where they were at in their recovery and for the program, there was a sense of heaviness. And I found myself trying to sway them into the Christmas spirit, trying to get them to see that Christmas is about Jesus, and therefore we should be grateful and joyous and feel all the feels for his goodness. Knowing what they had all been through, I was even a tad bit annoyed that they weren't getting it. Thankfully, these sweet girls gave me grace and pretended to be excited as we piled into our van and headed off to Hibachi for Christmas dinner. Halfway through the dinner, we began to talk, and they began sharing stories of Christmas's past, the happy ones and the sad ones. They pondered on what their kids were doing and the gifts they wish they could have bought them. And then it hit me, the wave of mixed emotions. All of a sudden, I felt a pit in my stomach, and I realized 
I too missed my family. I too felt pain from Christmases past. And for many of us, this is the reality that we sometimes hope the Christmas tinsel will cover, or that if we sing our Christmas carols loud enough, we can drown out the thoughts that seem too ungrateful, too uncomfortable, too painful for this time of year. So when asked for me to prepare a devotional for you, I thought of an old sermon titled, Why Christmas Brings Great Hope. And the pastor of this sermon went on to explain that we should know why Christmas brings great hope and all rejoice in that hope of Christmas. Now on a theological and spiritual level, we know why Christmas brings great hope. Jesus, he came to save, restoring brokenness to wholeness, And as his followers, that's what we should be doing every day. Each of us in our own way are standing in the gap for all the people that show up in our lives, helping to bind their wounds and cheer them on. I think about those of us called to ministry. You know, ministry can be one of the most beautiful and rewarding ways to spend our days on earth, but also the hardest. We've all heard that cliche that working in ministry is like being first responders, We're the spiritual nurses, physicians, and helpers of the body of Christ, relying on the Lord's strength to sustain our work, our communities, our families, and our own well-being. Yet, despite serving others and cheering them on, we can get caught up in the busyness of serving and lose sight of the fact that we are still human. And so, for myself, and perhaps you, while the holidays can bring great joy, this time of year can also flicker in some of our deepest pains. Contrasted against the seasonal cheer, the flickering lights, and the gifts we may begin to feel a new wave of grief for those loved ones that have passed on, we may attempt to ignore the ache of estrangement, the shadowy memories of family and friends we once held close, or even come face to face with our own unmet expectations of life. At a time that is said to be The most joyous season of all, these feelings can creep in between the jingle bells, making rare appearances, and we begin to recognize our brokenness still. Henry Nouwen, the great theologian, has a quote that says this, Jesus didn't say, blessed are those who care for the poor. He said, blessed are we where we are poor, where we are broken. It is there that God loves us deeply and pulls us into deeper communion with himself. I love that quote so much because it is a gentle yet stark reminder that no matter how much good we do, no matter how often we sit with those in the margins or serve one another, at the end of the day, we all have brokenness, cracks, and spaces in our hearts and minds that only Jesus can fill. And praise God for that. Because it is in these rough, cracked, raggedy spaces that Jesus blesses us and meets us and calls us his own. And that is why Christmas brings great hope. Our father looked down and saw not just the brokenness of this world, but before you were ever born, he saw the very things that would cause you pain, the very things that would try and snuff your joy and drain your peace. And so he sent a son to be born and to live out his life in the most unconventional way, so that in the moments we feel inadequate or overwhelmed or begin to question whether we can go on, he speaks to our hearts and says, 
Me too. I know how you feel. I've walked these roads before, and I am with you. Christ Emmanuel, God with us, for this is the foundation. God is with us. This is our hope. This is our joy. This is our peace. So now, if you're okay with it, I'd like to ask you to make this question deeply personal to you. What great hope can Jesus bring to you this Christmas? We know that salvation through Jesus is our great hope, and I don't want to gloss over and minimize that. But if we could, take just a moment to close your eyes and take a few seconds in silence and ask Jesus, what great hope does he want to bring to you and you alone as we near the celebration of his birth? Is it rest? Is it strength? Is it reconciliation? What is it that the Lord can bless you with today and in this season? Father, with our eyes closed, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that we have hope, and we thank you that our brokenness brings us into deep intimacy with you. I thank you for every silent need that was prayed over this podcast. We know you are faithful. Thank you for your people. May you bless every listener and give them strength and fortitude as they sow into your kingdom. Amen. I pray you all have a wonderful and Merry Christmas. To learn more about Samaritan Village, you may visit us on our website at www.samaritanvillage.net or find us on social media at Samaritan Village.